Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to Recall the Midwife listeners special. Today, we are answering questions from our listeners. So we are doing this because we've done it before. So you might want to go back. We've had two parts before, but we've had so many good questions and feedback from listeners. We thought, let's do another. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. Shall we get started, ladies? Let's do okay, so first off, this is not a listener's request. This is something we're doing. <laughs> I say we. I'm not actually doing it because I was the only one who did it last time. So um, <laughs> we have two taste testers. Uh, one is Bex, who is tasting Horlicks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one is Jen, who is tasting, Jen? Hobnobs! <laughs> I wish I would, had a hobnob now I instead wish I of Horlicks. I hobnob as well right now. Well, I could just go girls, to shop. Girls, I have to tell you. So I, I came to Britain for the first time oh, a long time ago, uh, a couple decades ago. And these hobnobs, McVitie's has been making hobnobs, I think, well, at least the box says since it's, it's pronounced McVitie's. McVitie's, apologies. Um, the box says since 1839. I have literally never had a hobnob until... Now, I, I admit, the hobnob I will eat today will not be a first impression hobnob because I have already eaten a couple of hobnobs. But for the whole time <laughs> that I've known you guys, I have never understood what the difference between a hobnob is and a digestive is. And I would hear people talk of like in, in British TV shows and everything. I'd be hear people like, oh, a hobnob. Oh, love a hobnob. Oh, I've got hobnobs, things like that. Never knew. And I just have to tell you, it is it is worth checking out. So I have two questions. Have you got chocolate hobnobs or just hobnobs? I have milk chocolate covered hobnobs oh yeah yeah you've always got to go with chocolate hobnobs yeah yes i totally agree one i totally and did you have to get where did you get them from like your local supermarket or did you have to 
so what makes me laugh is that um, my local grocery store has kind of like an international section and there's like a huge Latin food, Mexican food kind of section. Then there's like an Asian food section, which is really large. And then they have, I, I don't, I, the only way I would call it is Jewish foods, you know, like kosher foods, things like that. And then they also have like some British foods. Like they have, they have hobnobs, they have tea, like berries, tea, builder's tea, like the Yorkshire tea that I buy. But say, do they, they have, have Yorkshire? Have, that is the best. Yes, exactly. And I get I get the premium Yorkshire because I only the best. And then I get my the hobnobs are there. Digestives are there. They have some like um, like a bounty, like an arrow bar, like a few like chocolate bars there. What else? They have like HP sauce. They have I think they have like a salad cream, maybe something like that. Um, just it's a selection of like, quote, British foods. Yeah. And I always feel so nostalgic when I shop down that aisle. So I always have to get at least something. And Yorkshire tea is my backup tea, but my favourite is Rington's tea, which you get up north Mm. and you can own, you can't buy it in the shops. They still have a delivery van and it basically just goes around people's houses and you just buy it door to door. So how do you When you say up north though, it doesn't happen where I live. No, so proper north. But where... (laughs) (laughs) so where do you get it though then Bex so I buy it when I get it when I'm at my grandma's house because a few times I've been there so I think so she's in Cumbria and I always thought it was a Cumbrian thing but then somebody that I used to work with is from the northeast around Newcastle and they have Rinton's tea there as well Mm. so you just like bulk get it when you go to your grandma's and then you bring it home and then you drink it yeah 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 plus my grandma can't like if they knock at the door my grandma just buys the tea so I normally like she'll bring me some tea bags when I'm there there we go she's a tea dealer yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's a pusher without further ado then Jen right yes hobnob and explain people listening okay it feels like tastes like this is actually so I feel like British cookie British biscuits in general are like tend to be a little bit more on like the crisp kind of crunchy side and that's not always my favorite type of cookie but listen I'm a cookie um we know why don't we why would you say because you dip it in tea oh Uh, that's true that's true that's very very good point so (laughs) yeah no I don't have a cup of tea right now I don't actually mind eating these without tea I think they're really really nice um yeah I do have a cup of tea this is really quite frustrating <laughs> <laughs> if only we were together, we, could combine forces. we could combine forces um but yeah I do I do like a crispy cookie at times and this is definitely a good one I do I've I've had I have eaten digestives for so long love a digestive and I would say a digestive has a very it's like a wheat cookie I always get them with chocolate on either milk chocolate or dark chocolate and but Darks it's more are amazing Darks are really good. Um, but a digestive is kind of more, I would su- describe it as like smooth, you know, like the texture is is kind of smooth. There's not a lot of like crunchy bits in it, but I'll just bite into this right now and see if you can hear any sounds. Nope. <laughs> no sound? No. Well, that's probably a good thing. It probably is. But a hobnob is just rougher, isn't it? It's got like oats in as well. Yeah, it's got rolled oats and it has like a lot more. It's not exactly crunchy. But it is crunchy. It's like it's got a more uneven texture, which is kind of like, I don't know, it's really nice. Like you kind of have to chew it a little bit, which gives it it's like it's still then crisp, that unlocks but, more flavor. Yeah, but you get it does have like a chewiness, <clears throat> which I really like. And then the chocolate on top is just delicious. It's just so delicious. So I didn't why anyone would ever get a plain hobnob though. Oh, like plain I don't know. Let's, let's, this is just like what we said about Gary and Jackie. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's just live and let live. We don't we don't judge anyone on this podcast. We don't. Or I don't, anyway. But I will say to all of you beautiful people out there, if you want to try a hobnob, I highly encourage you to try it. Yeah, and, and the digestive. Yeah. As much as I am enjoying it. And dip it in a tea if you can, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, with, a hobnob, I think, would be even better with tea because it has some body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also, it melts the chocolate it. a bit and just creates a whole mm. new... Mm, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try this Horlicks because I made it about half an hour ago now. What time is it? <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be cold. I love your mug back. What do you think? Just for the record, Bex has just taken a big a big gulp and the she's just impressed. Her face doesn't look too excited. I don't think I'm a convert. Well, I do object to it. Is it warm no. enough or is it really cold? No, it's not cold, but it's not hot. I think maybe um, you it remember, was hot. It took a few sips for me to quite like it. I think you have to get into it. It's a grower. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the right situation. Like the 1950s. You're really tired. <laughs> You've you, just done a round midwifery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're absolutely bone tired and freezing from bicycling in the cold wind for 45 yeah, minutes. And then, it, then it's a winner. And can you imagine <laughs> if someone if, if someone made it for you and it was like properly hot and then you had like a little blanket or something on you and a hot water bottle, then you'd be loving it. Lovely, yeah. I mean, I wish I do wish I had a cup of tea instead. <laughs> Does it taste like chocolatey or like malty or anything like that? It's difficult to describe, isn't it, Alex. Yeah, I, said, I was like, is it like the inside of a Malteser? Which was why, yeah, but you, you were like to me, oh, why can't you describe it? And now look at you, <laughs> <laughs> how the tables have turned. <clears throat> it, is, it is just a very strange, um. It's just, it's just not a drink. I don't know. I don't know if it's in the 1950s. It might have had more sugar in or something as well. <clears throat> yeah, or it might it, have just been made differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I oh, feel what? as if it was good to try it. Try it. You've tried yeah. it. You promised you'd try it and you did. Well mm-hmm. done. She also I know. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the last one. When I come over, we'll have to try Horlicks and then I'll give my indecipherable opinion about we'll it. We'll do it. We'll do it at the end of the Call Midwife tour when we're all knackered from a day. Of oh, that's tour. actually a really good idea. That's a yeah. really good idea. Yeah. 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 We'll oh, have to wait, pack but... it and put it in the like, hotel or whatever because none of us have been London. <laughs> anyway. Did you, did you make it with milk, Bex? Like all milk yeah. and no water? Okay, good. At least you did that. I, did, yeah, I, I did probably too. did a bit. I did do a good shot of water in it though as well. Oh, I just I did, did milk. I was supposed to do that. Does it come anyway. in a packet or do you put like spoonfuls? Spoon. Okay. So, I wonder also maybe if you make it like really heavy handed, you yeah. know, it might be better too. Oh no, I think weaker. <laughs> <laughs> Less is more. I think we've covered enough of Horlicks and Hobnobs. I know. Well, I'm going to have to put these Hobnobs away because I don't want to eat them while I'm recording, but they're very tempting. So I'll just return to those after we finish. You can do Yeah, I was about to say, you have my permission after. Right yes. now, shall we start on the listener special? Woohoo! Woo-hoo! I think all our- you want us to start in the listener special definitely i think they're pretty sick of hearing about hauling that they've already heard about before anyway <laughs> julie coat hello julie she says from watching call the midwife and other british shows i've heard different terms for meals can you explain them elevenses and tea are these eaten in addition to breakfast lunch and supper seems like a lot of food <laughs> love you julie yes we Bet touched on this are... before but get, yeah. let's go let's get into it again yeah stefo so elevens is just a mid-morning snack, isn't it? Yeah, with a cup of tea. 
Yeah. But but that um, originated from um The Hobbit, right? From J.R.R. Tolkien. I thought I don't think that that wasn't like a British thing before he wrote that, was it? I always I associate that with The Hobbits. I don't know. Yeah. I've just always known of Elevenses. Uh yeah, I've always I think it's before that. Well, he wrote the book like long time before either any of us were born. So I mean, what, it might have just been I... in the... I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, yeah, I I sometimes stretch Elevenses to like 10 a.m. But it, it's just <laughs> A mid, I would say mid morning snack with nah. you. So like biscuits with your cup of tea or a mm. bit of cake. Mm. Yeah. What what were other options? I have lunch and tea. Yeah, I have breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and tea. Tea. But yeah. some tea, people say tea. dinner instead of tea. Yeah, tea is the end of the day meal, the last big meal of the day. Yeah, right? but some people say dinner, but also some other people say dinner and tea for lunch. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, like dinner ladies, um, like lunch ladies. Yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien, gets... I don't think he did coin it. I think he just used it. Okay. That's you also get supper because my grandma has supper instead of tea. Yeah. I, no, I, I think supper is a secondary meal. Same. I think supper is just before bed, like a bit of cereal yeah. or something. I just really? a snack, cheese and biscuits, something oh, like that. So, would you have a savory meal before bed? Yeah. Yeah. Like not, <laughs> not every night, but if I'm feeling extra hungry or something, I'll be like, oh, do you know what I fancy? Oh, should we have some cheese and biscuits or we watch yes. TV? And that, that you would call a supper? Yeah. I'm not that formal. I don't think I would. But sometimes, I remember huh. when I was really hungry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't up, I'm like, say, does anyone want, yeah, I wouldn't say, should we have supper? But I'd eat it. <laughs> See, this is where I feel, this is where I feel like Americans are so different because we never, we hardly ever had that same level of formality that you guys have had. Like for us, we've got like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then snacks, and snacks can be like any time. And then dessert would be like something sweet you would eat usually after dinner. But you can, yeah, I, I would never say dessert. dessert. I'd say pudding. Yeah. Oh, pudding. yeah. See, we, we would never use the word pudding, pudding that way. Pudding is so specific to like one food for us. I think the formality, though, you ha- you don't have that formality. But no, if someone no. said to you, "Shall we have eleven? Like, if you said it, someone would immediately know what you were talking about. Except well, me and, perhaps me and Bex have been polite coffee like not coffee but teas and stuff at that time aren't we yeah around then I, and we've never said shall we go for 11s is <laughs> you fancy a cuppa like do you know what I mean yeah yeah and if you said 11s is in the US I don't think like people wouldn't would maybe know about it but I don't no one would really be like everyone would be like wait what and then you'd be like oh I want to go for a da 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 and then yeah, but they would it. they would to me if, some, if I announced to one of my friends now do you want to go for 11s it's like what <laughs> what are you about <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh man, yeah. So that's the answer to that one. So that's our that's our that's our foods. Is that did we cover it? Yes, but also afternoon tea. That's oh, another yeah. thing. You guys tea. do afternoon oh, tea, and I really wish we did tea. that. Yeah. You know what? Really do you know what? I'm going to say this now. Listen to the adverts, adverts girls, all up and boys who are listening. Anyone who's listening, please, please listen to the adverts because the plan is to get Jen over here so we can mm-hmm. do the call the midwife tour. But do you know what else we should do? We should get yes. afternoon tea. Afternoon tea. Yeah, we've, we've discussed this. Yeah, and actually... We can meet listeners at the afternoon tea. I would love that. I, we, we should go to... We should go to um, the Ritz or Claridge's. Is it Claridge's that Trixie goes to? She yes. wanted to go to Claridge's for what, the wedding did, with Tom, but... She wanted her engagement party there. Yeah. Yeah, so we should do one of those just to be on brand. Let's meet yeah. the Recall the Midwife listeners at Claridge's. Claridge's. <laughs> oh my God, what the hell is so going nice. on? Just in the doorway. Hiya, let's go next door to this greasy spoon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, next question. Jana Smith, or Jana, I always say her name wrong, so I do apologise. It might be Jana. 
we love you anyway. Um, right, we have kind of covered this, but we're just going to do it really quick. I'm curious about grammar school and how that works. I thought it was more like public elementary school, but I've heard references to Timothy starting at the grammar school when he was older. Also, it seems like he had to get good grades or tests to get in. Another time, there have been references to a boy having to take his 11 plus exam. Just wondering how all that works. So mm, basically, okay. it's primary school from age four to 11. And that's okay. the same as your elementary. But I know you yeah. have middle, middle schools and stuff like that. We don't have that, really. So yeah. some, some areas do, but we'll just, we'll just talk some... generically for everywhere. Yeah, then yeah, at yeah. eleven, it's high school, and in these days, a grammar school, you had to do you had to do a test in the last year of your primary school. It called the eleven plus, and if you passed that, you got into the local grammar school, and that was one where, and it's it was all free, paid for by the state. It's not the case anymore. So my aunt went to my aunt passed the eleven plus, and she went to grammar school, and that was free. And then my mum just went to like the local comprehensive but your aunt was one without common sense yeah yes she's <laughs> clever but she's got no common sense no just, um, just a question though if you go to the grammar school you what happens versus going to comprehensive school like what well, does that mean for the rest you of your life do, if you, anything you used to do o levels which are now gcses if you went to grammar school yes oh, and then comprehensive it's the same exams oh was it the same exams oh i don't know now <laughs> and then and then it, it, but the comp schools, I know around here, a lot of them were very vocational, but I don't know if that's the case because my auntie went to one mm. where she did secretarial studies. She didn't actually do O-level. Mm. She just did that kind of stuff. But now I think, because there's Bristol Grammar School and that you have to pay to go to Bristol Yeah, that's what school. I'm saying. I don't think it's, it's like a pri- anymore. So is grammar yeah. school and comprehensive school the same now as it was in called midwife time or is it like... No, so now... Whatever. Now, gram- I think there's still an entry exam to go to grammar school, but... Obviously, it's you now have to pay a fee. But basically, all Timothy wouldn't have had to pay. Yeah, but basically, all private schools now you have to take you have to take an exam to get in anyway and pay fees anyway. So it's basically the same. It's just a private school now, really, isn't it? There there are don't get me wrong, there are some free, but mostly now they are private schools. So, do you guys have publicly funded, like free to enroll education up to the age of eighteen in the UK if you want it? Yes, that's just. A comprehensive school, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But that's okay well, yeah. to have that. Like, if you if you go to comprehensive school until you're 18, you can still go to university and stuff. Oh right? yeah, most people. Yeah, do you're, that. you're looking yeah, at okay. two people who went through that system. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so that's so that's thrived, thrived in that system. <laughs> there we go. So that's very similar to the American system, where there's like public school option up through high school, and then you can go to university or whatever after that. And yeah. then if you, if you, I guess if your parents or whoever decides they want to send you to a private school, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a different or better edu- education. I know some people would say otherwise, but you pay for it and then you get to 18 and then you do whatever you're going to do after that. But yeah, so I think we have very similar systems. It's just kind of different names for the same thing. Yeah. But I feel like we're maybe going a bit more American in the fact that we've got high schools now rather than the secondary modern and the uh, grammar <laughs> school system that we had. And what, but I what... do think we wouldn't. We, I don't, would we call them high schools? We just call mine them was called high school. My, no, we don't. Mine was called high school. That was the name of a... my school was something high school. And what years of grades is that? 11 to 11, 16. 16. And, and then, then I went about... to a different college, which oh, was so... 16 to 18. 16 so... to 18, you can do... 16 to 18, you can either stay on at school. Some I stayed on at school because my school offered A-levels. Yeah, yeah, sixth form. My mine, mine didn't. Mine didn't have some any schools don't. Yeah. And you have to go to college. Yeah. So it just depends. Yeah. 
like it's some people usually would be on sides of building gen okay so college is sometimes 16 to 18 and high school is sometimes all the way to 18 college is always yeah. 16 to 18 uh-huh class, classes as well high school can be 11 to 16 or 11 to 18 okay okay see over here if you said oh i'm in college that would always mean like yeah equivalent equivalent. yeah yeah exactly so that's where we kind of get a little different just it's just the difference of names that's all it is it's nothing like really really different ultimately but but also i feel like it's gone less it used to be quite rigid and formal um, and with the grammar school system and that like i feel like that's all kind of gone a bit more fluid yeah i think for here too yeah. Now this we can't really explain it, Steph. But we're gonna we're gonna explain it because you we're, we're gonna try. Um, <laughs> Steph Banning. The only thing I wish they could do is explain the money. I know it's it isn't possible, but I find myself googling what <laughs> oh. a pound is worth compared to the US dollar. Okay, then, Steph. Sorry, go ahead. Finish, finish. Well, it's just annoying because obviously we're there trying to. I don't know what a farthing is or whatever they talk about in there as well. Okay, I I actually did some research on this back whenever something came up with money, and I was like, this is twisting my brain. I bet so it was I, when um, what Kathleen, 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 because it was the whole five pound note and all that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I had I think I had even asked you guys. We had done maybe a quiz, or I'd, I'd figured out something. So this is what's this is what's insane about the old money um, stuff, and 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 I'm so glad that you guys switched to this new system that you have now, the decimal system, which is what we have as well in in the USA, in the United States. So you'd have like a crown, a half a crown, a farthing, a shilling, but then there were like nicknames for things as well, and like mm. that's where like a bob and like that kind of stuff came from, and like a quid, that's a nickname for a piece of money, just like how Americans will call like a dime or a nickel, you know, like those like. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what this, what it's called. But anyway, you get, you get what I mean. And the thing is, is that like a farthing would be worth like 24, 24 cents. And then there were like 180 cents in a pound. And then there were like 2.5 pounds in like a crown or some crazy, (laughs) crazy thing like that. Like Steph, no one understands it. No one understands it unless you were like 90 years old and you lived in that. Do you remember last time? We were doing research into it and I was asking my yeah. parents and my mum was like, I'm not that. And it literally was when she was like 23, they stopped using it. That's how <laughs> she, but she was like, she couldn't, brain yeah, she couldn't remember it. Like, and my yeah. dad was like, no, it's like this. And he was, and she was like, no. And he was like, yes, it was. And yeah, said, oh, I know. Oh. Yeah. Well, and and again, what's funny? So I I when I moved over to the UK, I thought that because like I all my reference points for like a lot of British culture were like really old, like like they were they were not old movies, but they were like movies that were set in like let's say Dickens time or something like that, you know. And so they would always say that kind of stuff. Like famously, like we 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 would watch the Christmas Carol every year growing up, and there's a scene where George C. Scott is like, oh, young. It's like after he's gone through the whole thing, like spoiler alert, like where he sees the ghosts and whatever, and he says to this boy out the window he's like oh young lad what day is it and he's like oh sir it's, it's christmas day and he's like well i want you to go find me the prize turkey and you know if you can get it to this address within a half an hour i will give you a half a crown and five shillings more if something something and i was so that's what i thought money was when i was when i was about to go to the uk for the first time in like oh i don't know like but like i i moved over oh, there bl- yeah exactly no and I literally showed up and everyone and I was and I got money for the first time and everyone was like oh this is this and this is that and I was like oh my gosh this is so easy it's so simple because it was it was just um, it was just exactly the way American stuff is you know there's like 
some coins. There's a one, a five, a 10, a 20 or whatever like that. And I was like, oh, this is so simple. And I, and I, you know, and so no one knows what that money means. I don't think, I mean, clearly even people who grew up with that money don't know exactly. what it means. A la exactly. Alex's mom and dad right there. So. Yeah. Right. I've got a next question. Now, Bex, mm-hmm. you can specifically, you can answer this yes. right now. Are you ready? Yeah. Ramona Di Bartillo Manganelli. Amazing name. Amazing name, Ramona. Love Ramona. that. Name. Um, why don't they drink Horlicks anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Now, Karen Jones actually uh, answered this for us, so I'm just going to read her answer out. Uh, she says, Horlicks went out of popularity in the 60s and coffee and hot chocolate got more popular. They're just reflecting the times. Well, thanks, Karen. You've literally done our research for us, mate. Karen asked and answered, yes. Yeah, because yeah, actually, when you think back, it was like tea. No one was drinking coffee, really, were they? No. Not as much, honestly. No, they were there. I s- in the tea through Horlicks. I still well, do drink coffee. I think it's too grown up for me. I'm the same. I, honestly, it tastes a bit um, like water with mud in. I don't like it. See, coffee is such a thing over here. Like, so it is over here, Jen. Days. It is over yeah. here. It's just we're like got the palates of three. No, old. no, I know, but not the same. Like, like okay, if like in the UK, coffee and tea are fifty fifty. In the US, coffee is like eighty and tea is like twenty. Like, yeah, but tea's it, tea's massive over here. Like, yeah. Hmm. No, I, I know. I totally agree. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the thing that always made me laugh, and this is so stupid, because it's like, it's not really what it's about. But like, to me, like, I think of tea as more of like a ladies drink, like, just that's kind of just how I associate it. I can you know, see like, why. And it's just, it's just always how it's kind of been presented and everything. And, you know, just the culture it's of it over here. And that. But yeah. when you when you hear like about like, you know, like, a like, a you guys would call them like a builder, like, or like a plumber, you know, like going over to like someone's house to do some work and be like, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. And it's like this burly guy who's like asking for a cup of tea. Like it just, it's just not the same here, you know, culturally as the way it, as the way it is in the UK. Like the tea has such a stranglehold on you guys, you know? Well, I just, I'm addicted. But do you know what annoys me? You know, when you go yeah. somewhere and they're like, oh, can I have, just have a cup of tea? And they're like, yeah. What kind do you want? I'm I'm always really shocked and don't know. And I'm like, oh, would you like a ylang ylang? Like just all these weird <laughs> <laughs> A Darjeeling, an oolong. Breakfast yeah. or real bit. And I'm like, I just want Yorkshire if I'm honest, but uh <laughs> just like a black tea, just a regular black tea. Well, English English breakfast animal. is the yeah. I do like an English breakfast, yes. Yes. Well, and also don't forget Americans have a complicated tea with history because uh history with tea because we had the boston tea party remember that yeah well you another none of us remember I, I it, but I mean, as, as a historical story we've heard i certainly heard about it because i grew up in boston and like you know throwing all that tea into the into the you know the boston harbor was a big historical touch point in that city but we were rebelling against our colonizers so you know well next question mm-hmm. carol dancy crosby says um in season three Episode three. Thank you so much for being so specific, Carol. Oh, okay. Uh, Sister Evangeline introduced herself as a health visitor. Is that the same as a midwife or something else? Oh, different. It's it's the same but different, isn't it? Like you've got to be trained to be um, a, a health visitor. You've got to be a midwife to be a health visitor to be a health visitor for people who've had babies. So it's we yeah. I was just going to say a health visitor. It's so I knew somebody who started the midwife training, but they just started it because they wanted to be a health visitor. But it's different because you're not delivering babies. Yeah. So basically, you go and do all the health checks. Because I had a <laughs> health visitor after my daughter, and they come and look at vagina after you've had a baby, <laughs> 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 and make sure everything's okay. 
um, and they just make sure you're okay. They speak to you about baby blues, that kind of stuff. They check your baby's okay. They check your baby's weight and everything, um, and they just speak to oh. you. And they, they gave you because also it was around the COVID time as well, so they kind of give you a ring to uh, see if like you're okay. Or well, I'm sure it would have been more appointments if because of COVID, but um, they see if you're okay. They see if your baby's got do, meeting the milestones. So she went and got weighed. She went and got a height measured at two years old. They do those kind of checks as well. They lecture you about not smoking around your baby, Dr. Turner. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't get that lecture because I didn't smoke. Uh, just, well, no, no, there wasn't a dig even, at me is my point, Bex. <laughs> yeah, even when, no, but even when people don't smoke, they still, like, lecture people about the warnings of smoking. They actually do, yeah. And they also speak to you um, about contraception. So but is I it think, kind of like a nurse a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a registered nurse, yeah. Oh, okay. But I think when you watch Call the Midwife, the midwives themselves would be doing those follow-ups, whereas nowadays they wouldn't be. Well, I'll say this. The thing that I that I often forget with the show, and I have to remind myself, and the books are actually really good at reminding me of this, but all of the all of the girls and like all of the nuns, they're fully registered nurses, but they have... Sp- taken the speciality of midwifery as their main focus so like and that's something i'm sure is still you know like uk us same thing as well like it's a fully fledged nurse it's just what you've kind of have as your primary you know um professional you know um like focus basically and um yeah so i i don't i don't and that's not i'm not speaking to health visiting or health visitor but Anyways, that's just something I always have to remember with with the show and with the girls on there. So, Yeah. Okay, next one. This is from Greta Horton. Hello, Greta. Hello. Um, the nuns in an artist's house are Anglican ones, therefore Protestant. Correct. Why then do they have Jesus still on the cross and a display and display a statue of Mary? Protestants in Canadian mainline churches, including the Anglican ones I have seen, have the empty cross and no statues. Are there an artist nuns, high Anglican? And that is the reason. Now, I was going to do a load of research onto this, right? Mm-hmm. But Alison Purdy, bless your heart. <laughs> Alison, we've heard from, I know from we have. before, yes. We have. She's very yes. knowledgeable. Um, she's the one who um, had the dealings with the St. John the Divine nuns, the real Nanartans. <gasps> oh. So she, she says here, this is literally the best answer. I asked the remaining St. John the Divine nuns this question. They said that crucifixes are not a Roman Catholic preserve, and most Anglican convents and monasteries have them. The sisters have them in their bedrooms and around their current house in Birmingham. If you look at pictures on their website, you'll see several crucifixes there, as well as plain crosses. So <gasps> how good is that answer, Alison? And also you've saved me a hell of a lot of research. I'm not going to laugh. I probably shouldn't use the word hell when we're talking about it. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> well now, done, this Alison. question is, yeah, very well done, Alison. This question is very, very relevant to us because hashtag recall for Compline. Yeah. Barbara Tettenbaum says, forgive this question, but what exactly is Compline? Well, Barbara. <laughs> we are gonna tell you. <laughs> I, I don't actually know, but um and it's just evening evening or night prayers from a prayer book of the hours. Like it's just a there you go. Yeah. So it's just another another religious observation kind of in a day. It's practice. kind of what they do at that time. Mm-hmm. And then it also begins a silent period until I think the next day. Is that right? Yes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what we will be doing when the Recall the Midwife podcast team, i.e. I'm so excited. Me, Jen, and Bex. Mm-hmm. Go to London. We go and film. We film some Compline scenes. They mm-hmm. CGI in my head, so I don't have a big chin. And, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. We do need to do that. Hashtag recall for Compline. <laughs> I love yeah. how you said that. As in, we need as if any of that is within our control. <laughs> yeah, we've well, got to book it in. Like, I, the only thing stopping us is us. <laughs> I well. I concede that the CGI is going to be a hard one. Um, <laughs> the chin CGI that I, that you and I both are going to need to take care of our double chins and our little head strap outfits that we're wearing. But, but I just think, you know, dream big, Bex. Dream big. And uh, we've yeah. got we've got a bit of a platform now. Hashtag recall. Yeah. We need to just be stuck putting that forward. I will do that on social media this week. I, 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 I have mixed feelings about its efficacy, but I, I do generally like to believe in manifestation as a powerful tool in terms of getting what you want so you know if you don't put it out there then it's never gonna happen right so ladies gotta- right we if you if i'd have said to you like two mm-hmm. years ago we're gonna do a podcast and we're actually gonna have adverts on it so that you can come over and try and like get a plan to get you to come over oh you'd be like, never. whatever look at us now i know well i i didn't think when we even started this that anyone was gonna even listen other than like ourselves and like maybe like one family member each that we both could like got to turn it on so I mean the fact that people care enough to listen to us I just I, I continually am so touched and amazed by that and these are not me just making up people's even I don't have that much time on my hands to make up these questions <laughs> <laughs> these are real people who are who so actually smart listening. So honestly we honestly can't thank you so much for listening it's amazing I can't thank you enough I know that's why we're doing this because we want to shout you all out and just say how much we love you all yes right okay. next question Erin Roosh yes. Sabetta I love it. I love all these names. Uh, I've always wondered about the terms chummy use for mum and dad. Mater, I think. Is that British Indian term? I'm reading a book right now that uses carry-ad often and finally clicked that that's Delia's mum was saying is a term of endearment. Um, mm. I have touched on this before, but Bex is right. It's from Latin. Basically, it's real posh people use Latin a lot. Yeah, because I hadn't come across it until I saw Call the Midwife. Same. So mater is the Latin for mother. For mother. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Cadillad, that just sounds like it's Welsh for like loved one or dear one or something. It's like just that, Welsh right? for love. Oh, for love. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There we go. Laurie Crismore says, Why do the characters keep leaving the show? Well, Laurie, I wish I knew. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we all, we all wish we knew. Yeah. Now, on that, I thought it was a really good point to start. If you yeah. could bring one person back, because now we're, now we're series four. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on series four. Of- I thought we might maybe have a different answer. So who would you bring back and why? Jane. I, I, I want to say Jimmy to be funny, but I don't want to do that because I know I'm going to get roasted. 
Right, back to oh. who, why would you bring Jane back? Yeah, why? Because I just loved her. I, I really wanted to know how it all worked out for Jane. But I've started reading Shadows of the Workhouse and I've just learned that Jane grew up in the workhouse mm. and was grew up with Peggy and Frank. The incest couple. The the incestuous couple. Mm. So I'm, I'm a bit stressed. Right? Men and women in the workhouse. Pardon? Did they not separate men and women in the workhouse? Yeah, they yes. did. Yeah. Part of the problem, honestly. Right. But they didn't separate children, which is how she grew up with them, right? I get you. Well, no, they did separate children. Oh. No, from, I mean, sexes of children. Oh, yeah. So they would separate. Oh, no. So. Well, I think, I think Frank and Peggy, part of the problem was in their, at least, on, I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part in the book yet, but in their part of the show is that they were both in the workhouse, but then Frank got out first, worked to earn enough to get Peggy out and then they were together but by the time they got out they hadn't really kind of known each other as brother yep. and sister for very long right. and so then they had this like they they reconnected and had this reestablishment of their relationship right. so she knew him turned... as a child and then he got when he became like more of a teenage age yeah he went yeah the and, and then she and then she was attracted to him yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> How have we gone to this? Anyway, Jen, <laughs> who would you? Let's um, pretend we're up to series four. So it's like, well, we're we not pretending we're up to series We are up to series okay. four. Rather than go forward, who would you oh, have back? Um, I tell you, I can tell you I wouldn't have back. Who? Oh, who? Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> She's so worried the show exists. Who would I have back? I'm going to go. You know, we haven't had too many people leave yet. I'm going to go with Chummy. I miss yeah. her. Um, I love her. Yeah. And also Peter just kind of like, he's starting to kind of just flop around aimlessly as a character. At this yeah. Point. Like he's just a stand in randomly police officers. And so he doesn't really have a lot that like makes Peter's, sense. Yeah. Him, so Peter's I want her still back. Yeah. popping up, but it's getting less and less, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah like also, just really quick, because I, I don't know why I re-listened to it or whatever, but between Chummy and Fred connecting really like significantly and in a beautiful way when Chummy gave birth to Freddie, and then when Fred and Marlene, Fred and Violet were getting in were engaged, and then Fred's daughter came back, and Chummy kind of counseled them to get back together and everything like that. Chummy and Fred have such a beautiful relationship. And I just think like, if we had gotten more time with Chummy, like if she came back in that, then we would even get more Fred and Chummy, like wonderfulness. And like, I just think like, what if like we had a scene with like Fred, like adult Fred and then like little Freddie, like going to do something cute. And like Fred got getting to like show him the ropes on. I don't know. I'm just like, I, yeah, I, I want Chummy back. I'm okay when people leave. It's when they, uh, what I don't like about Paul the Midwife is the way they just slowly disappear. And then or, there's no- Or fast disappear. Just like all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I know with Chummy, she went off to work at the maternity home and then- there was a chance of a job and they'd have a garden and little Freddie had a cough. So it was good for his lungs. So actually, maybe they did explain that. But then they never explained why she just never came back. And, or she's did one they? Of the, and she's one of the few that did actually get some kind of exit. I mean, Jane, to yeah. your point, Bex, she just was like, all of a sudden, boop, like she just like flew out of there, like on an alien or a ship or something like that. And then with with a true love. So that's fine, at least. I want Jane to come yeah, back that was with never Miss Reverend Appleby Thornton and then have like just like be so cute together I want to I see know. them back both or I at least have had a letter from them like Chummy could have got a letter from them I know I know like come the, on right like, the honeymoon's great yes 
Yeah, he's talking all the time, won't shut up. I haven't said a word. It's a fabulous time. You know, that's what what I mean? like me and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's like me and my mom together. She talks all the time, and I don't say that much. That's not true. I say a lot. I say a lot. It's like anyone being yeah. with me or Jen, basically. You have to have a system where I can alert them that I want to say something and add a who would you bring back, Alex? I've been thinking about this because Jane and Chummy are both massive choices for me. But if we're only going from t- up to season four, where we've where we're up to, I'm mm-hmm. gonna say, and it's a bit weird because she's always only a bit part, but I thought she was brilliant. Dolly, Fred's Fred's daughter, who had the son Anthony, she was absolutely oh. there. She was a lovely character. She was dead bubbly, really nice. Yep. I just think she'd add loads. I just think she'd add to the show. So you mm-hmm. know, just if you're listening, writers, I just think that's a really good idea, and I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> yeah yeah i like that he was great like though and marlene marlene would be good because she is brilliant like she was awful but brilliant with it Please. And i feel like you manifested because i think we've mentioned on here before that you're a massive neighbors fan yeah mm. and i think you manifested them actually bringing back characters from when we were young that were babies in the show and are now adults in the show yeah uh-huh I've genuinely thought about that so much and wished for it and it happened. So, you know, call the midwife. Let's do it. You can yeah. make it happen, Al. I know you okay, can. Okay, now, Karen Grennan has a really lovely thing to say here. She says, I'd love some follow-up like the deaf and blind girls, how they're getting on with their babies. Same, Karen. Yes. How good would that be for episodes? I know we've had. So this is a bit of a spoiler because obviously we're only up to season four. But, um, you know, uh, Susan Mullock's. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. My baby. They did do a recent Christmas special, and she was they, they they did an update on it, and she was a star of it. Yes. And I yes. thought her surname was Mullins until you just said Mullocks. It is definitely Mullocks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was so glad they brought them back, and they that was actually a family that kind of had a few different storylines over episodes. That was really I was really glad to see them multiple times. Yeah. But I would love have... to see June and her baby and how they got on with the sign language and, all, and, you know, how that all got on. And I just would love to see that unfold. And I think I would love that for a few of the, well, quite a lot, to be honest, of the storyline. Because also they seem to have quite a lot of the same mums around and stuff. And it'd be nice to yeah. kind of see the kids a bit older as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, like, I think what would be really fascinating, too, is if they brought back a, a, a family with a parent who had that kind of disability to see not just how the parents are getting along, but then, like, especially if they did it, like, a few years later, which they could do at this point, because those were, you know, like, how are the kids coping with a parent that has a disability? And, yeah. the, and the thing about the, oh, gosh, the lady who was who was deaf, I can't remember her name. June. June. One of her concerns in the episode was, like, what happens if he can hear... And then, and exactly. Then, and then he's like his and father, or if he, no, no, he didn't obviously because he's a baby. And then it's like, oh, but if he's deaf, then he's going to have the same issues that I have. And then how are we going to navigate that? And what I think would be fascinating is if we actually saw like some, you know, like you know, like storyline about that, like either having a child who had your disability or having a child who did not have your disability, and then but also how, how they navigated that in in, right. in those days, it would be really fascinating. So yes, an exactly. amazing point. Yeah. That is such a good idea. Yes. See, this is our listeners. They're, they're oh very discerning God. and clever. Love it. Love so why it. are they listening to us? I've no idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girls, wait a minute. I had a really funny thought. Well, I thought it was funny because I was thinking about June and I can't remember her husband's name. That cutie pie. What's his name? What's June? I don't know his name. Carry on. Sure. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Bob or whatever. But anyways, when he came in and he was like, oh, he's like, I saw her and I knew she was like something special. So I learned sign language just so I could like, you know, date her and everything like that. <laughs> 
thought of myself as I was like remembering that conversation. I was like, oh my God, like, can you imagine like learning a whole nother language to talk to someone and then find out that you didn't like them and you didn't have anything in common? <laughs> and you were like, oh, oh they're really boring. Or they're really boring and you're just like, oh, I don't like you at all. And this is a complete <laughs> waste of my time and effort. And you're like, I had to break up with them. Quiero una dos cervezas, por favor. Like, at least you can go to drinks or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you learned a new skill in the pursuit of someone that ultimately like was a complete waste, but you know. So, yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was funny because I was like, wow, he was really lucky that he met his soulmate like after like yeah. all that time and effort. But anyways. <laughs> okay, next one. Sue Anderson Powell. Hello. Every yes. time I watch, which is every night. Love it, Susan. Sue. Oh. Just call you Susan. Like, your best as name. Be, as it should be. I wonder if it was truly safe to be out at night like the girls always are and leaving doors unlocked. Now, oh. I asked my parents about this. Yes. They're not They're not as old. So they, they're like 72. So they're like just, they'd be young kids in this era. Yeah. Uh, but so like 10 now if we're 1960, aren't we? Um, yeah. But my mum grew up in Middlesbrough. My dad grew up in Biddulph in, in Staffordshire. Well, Cheshire's the border. Uh, anyway, but they were saying that it was the case that you could leave stuff unlocked more. Mm. It wasn't a big thing. And obviously, I feel like they are trying to reflect it. I, I feel like they get so many things right on this show. I don't see why they would get this bit wrong. Right, right. Well, and and let's just not forget too. Like I think I think um, Jennifer Worth said it in her book, but I think they might have also referenced it on the show as well. That in addition to that kind of time being a little bit different in terms of that type of stuff, their uniforms and their habits gave yeah. them a special place in society that I think afforded them a level of protection or respect or whatever you want to call it that would allow them to kind of have more freedom of movement at those times. Like they could go out and maybe wouldn't be as worried as someone kind of bothering them or hurting them yeah. because you know it was kind of understood like oh this is a this is this kind of person and she um, has mentioned before about the community spirit because they there was so mm -hmm. so much poverty there'd been the war with camaraderie and all from right. that as well so right. there was a real sense of community spirit looking out for each other and I feel yeah. like that extended to those times as well more mm -hmm. and I just mm -hmm. think it's just less I just think to, today's society I listened to an episode when you were like the whole world's gone to crap and you're not wrong. <laughs> well, and, and to the point uh, as well, like, I think the thing that's also different in this time period of the show is that people are a lot more like the community, like you just said it, the community is just so much smaller, like even though they're in London, which is one of the biggest cities on, in the world the community of Poplar is relatively small and relatively dense and, and kind of well known to itself. And so it's like, you almost have like a small town within this bigger urban ecosystem. And so, you know, you maybe don't have to worry about as much like the unknown, the way that nowadays, you know, if you're living in a city, you would kind of be a little bit more anonymous as a person, I guess. And even when they did lock doors, the key was under the mat. So everybody knew that door. <laughs> key was under the so true. Exactly. Exactly. My mum always tells me that she went to visit my grandparents one day. So her mum and dad and they were out. So they'd left a note on the door saying that, sorry, they were out, but the back doors are locked. <laughs> so they locked up the front of the house, but then put a sign. Left a note. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I listened to one of the podcasts. Sorry to cheat on this one. Uh, but it's a Parenting Hell podcast with Josh Widdicombe and uh, Rob Beckett. It's brilliant. <laughs> and, um, but Josh Widdicombe grew up um, near you, Beck, not near you, but compared to me near you, but like Dartmouth area compared to here, it's nearer you. But he grew up like in on the moors, basically, but not the, the moors. Yeah. But he had his, and he, he says in his child, he's our age. He's literally a bit younger, actually. He's like 40. 
And he says he can't remember the, the the house ever being locked. Like he didn't have a key or anything ever because the house was just never locked. And that was, mm. you know, in the 80s, 90s. Mm. And you guys grew up with that, with a house that never was locked? No, ours was locked. <laughs> okay. I was, I, I was kind of a latchkey kid a little bit growing up and I would get home from school before my mom would get home from work and I would always have a house key and I would let my. Well, I will say this though. Our house was a Yale one. So our lock was a Yale lock. So it literally, whenever you close the door, it automatically locked. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I have to say, whenever I go to my brother or sister-in-law's house, their house is very rarely locked. Really? It's just, they're just, it's, they're just lax. They're just, they're just, uh, what's the word? Recreating Poplar in the 60s. <laughs> and what okay. amazes me is they're both police officers. So you would think they would more be more vigilant, but just yeah. the balcony doors open, the patio doors are wide open. Maybe they know that, maybe they think that because people know they're police, they know that they're going to be safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they just want the more terrorist. work. Yeah, they, they try to find their um, thief if anyone tried to steal from them. Yeah. Okay, next one. Vicky Parker McLean. I love this. One thing I want to add, a couple of times I heard the word star drops used in reference to cleaning. I looked it up and it's cleaning products now known as the pink stuff made in the UK. I ordered some on Amazon and I love it. I can just say here, Vicky, it is amazing. Ooh. I'm a big pink, uh, pink stuff fan. Yeah, love it. Nothing else and to say on that. It's, it's a massive over here, pink stuff. And it's like a paste. It's like a powder, a liquid, what? Yeah, it's a paste, but also you can get like a spray of it now. Like there's loads of stuff you can get of it now. And what is it for? Like will you just use it for everything or stuff yeah. specifically or what? Well, just, just everything. cleaning everything, yeah. It's it's, it's so versatile. So it's very, it's, very good. Are there, are there any surfaces you can't put it onto or anything like that? Not that I've tried so far. Not that I try it that often, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, all right. It sounds like the kind of thing that you would use to like, you know, like all, like clean out your like tea kettle of like lime scale and then like be you know, whatever your sink and then also like your grout and then also your winch windows and all that. It sounds like it's really everything from what you're it saying. It is, but it was star drops in these days. That's what it was called. Huh. There's a, have you ever heard of Mrs. Hinch? I have not. Mrs. Hinch is an influencer on Instagram and her name's Hinchcliffe or something. Anyway, she's all about cleaning and she started this Instagram account of her cleaning her house. And now she's like got a huge mansion with like llamas that live there. It's really weird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she is a massive pink stuff fan and it's, the oh. popularity has grown so much and there's a big chain store called B&M here and it's just all about the pink stuff. Oh, I know B&M. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I got to see if I can get some pink stuff. Yeah, you can do a live clean on the next podcast <laughs> or the next listener's special. The next listener's special, I'll, I'll like descale de my tea kettle. Also, the next listener's special, Becky's making some gypsy creams. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. yeah, we That's had a big In two seasons time, that. you find that. Mm-hmm. You've got, you've you got can perfect them when I come and visit, yeah? Okay. Oh, I didn't now, know they got egg. Oh, hopefully I haven't got egg in. I'm allergic to egg, by the way, listeners. You know, if you're going to send me some cakes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Vicky Parker McLean again. Hello. Um, mm. She says, when I watch, I usually have the closed captions on so I can catch phrases and words I've never used before. The word tar, I've never heard used before, sorry. The word tar, I've heard a couple of times. What does it mean? It's just a short version of thank you, Tar. Yeah, Tar. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't know that one either until I moved to the UK. I never. Oh, heard really? Tar. No. It's it's quite a southern thing, I think, because it's not something that's really used around here. I know my friend taught when she was learning, her daughter was learning to speak. She used to say Tar, and it yeah, really my... annoyed her mum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I've heard I've heard my Welsh friend say Tara, which is like a thank you, Tara. You know, like. No, ta-ra. Ta-ra or ta-ra? T-A-R-A, ta-ra is how I heard it. Ta-ra is, yeah, see ya. It's bad. Ta-da is ta-da. 
Yeah, oh, ta-da, ta-da, ta-da is something different for sure. Ta-da yeah. can also mean goodbye, surely, ta-ta. Ta-ta, ta-ta means goodbye, yes, definitely. Surely ta-ta it's is just thank you. Mm-hmm. Ta, then nothing. I'm with you, but I'm not saying it's rad. My point being her mom was like, oh, it's awful. And thinks it because a lot of people think it's quite a rude way of saying thank you. Well, sometimes people get really bent out about slang as well, in especially also, in kids. I, I mean, you can edit this out, Alex, if this is a step too far, but Alex is very strict and is constantly telling her daughter to say thank you. And <laughs> Alex will often say to her, What do you say? And I'm like, she's literally just said thank you to me. <laughs> if I don't hear it, it's being said again. Oh, I <laughs> Becky thinks I'm really, really strict because whenever my daughter goes to anyone's house, I'm always like, what do you say now? And she says, thank you very much for having me. Or she, if she says just thank you, I'm like, no. And she says, thank you very much for having me. And I think <laughs> my mom and dad, she has to say it to my parents when we go. But I don't think manners, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mind being strict on manners. I 1000% agree. Manners are the way we show we respect other people. And you know what, actually, to- listeners, if you agree with me, message in. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. But what I'm saying is she's got it down. <laughs> and just need to sure. too. It, yeah. The, the only, the only way you can get it, it has, it has to be a habit. That's the only, that's the only way you can get it. Yeah, exactly. And little kids, you know, they're just, they're always looking for ways to cut corners. Wow. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> right. Ta for that. Right now. Yes. Ta-da! <laughs> Uh, Amanda Bishop. Now, this is really this is just interesting. This, you don't have to do proper input here or anything. Need to wire through it a little bit. Okay. okay. Amanda Bishop says, "I love the line that Evangel that Sister Evangelina said about Sister Monica Joan. I swear she may be my sister in Christ, but she would drive a Methodist to drink." For those who don't know, when a Methodist joins the church, they used to sign a sobriety pledge, but now we don't allow alcohol on the premises or the sale of alcohol. We use non-alcoholic wine in sacrament. This made me laugh so much as a member of the Methodist Church. So this one line made me chuckle. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. And that's also something that we would never have thought of, or I would. Well, wait a minute, Amanda, though. This is so great. So my mother's side of the family is Methodist and my mom is Methodist and I was I was raised Catholic. My parents are kind of ecumenical, but I spent a lot of time in the Methodist Church. And actually, we don't we never had a, like a teetotal household or anything like that. But my mother did come from a line of people who were very teetotal and my uncle who was a methodist minister would you know like the strongest drink he would ever drink was a root beer that was kind of one of his jokes you know like that's the only kind of you know like beverage i'll have or whatever like that and so yeah it, i mean not all methodists are completely abstinent on alcohol but that is so funny that you brought that up because i yeah i have a lot of family members who really ascribe to that like no alcohol no nothing meanwhile the irish catholic side of my family it's like you can't get them away from the bottle you know what i mean so it's just a very interesting dichotomy well, i just love that as well that insight because that's something i would never think about or know about so I love that yeah oh I love that Uh, right Linda Rice says just wondered why the nurses nurses slash midwives live with the nuns to be honest Linda they did so that's just I don't know why if I'm honest I presume it's just because they were all working together and it just and also to be fair Patsy do you remember that line where Patsy was like I don't have to live there it was just offered to me as some sort of a perk Um, so they don't have to live with them but it's just probably quite cheap boarding and easier yeah, going call and everything. But because then look at, and also it probably adds respect. I mean, I don't know, because this is not based on any sort of fact, but it was probably respectable for young girls. Mm-hmm. Because look at Delia. She lives in the um, nurses' quarters, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and not to spoil anything for future episodes, but Nanata's house and the, the kind of the practice that the nuns run is almost come from a different time and they don't operate under kind of, I would say, more formalized like health regulations or whatever. And so in future seasons, the there, that's going to be an issue Sister Julian has is kind of like navigating the health board and some of that like 
you know, regulatory bodies that have that oversight. But I think the way that the Nanata's house system was set up, it was kind of established as a religious order first. And then in order to kind of fully support the community, it seems I'm, I'm, I'm making this up. I'm just kind of guessing here, but I'm thinking they added additional staff that were like non, you know, religious um, or not from the religious order to kind of meet, meet the need. And then they, in the show, they kind of, you know, then Dr. Turner's gets practiced into it and then the maternity home, blah, 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 blah. But I think it's kind of just something from another time. You know what I mean? Before all of that was like super regimented and regulated They as also well. didn't have mobiles. They couldn't be bringing people left, right and center being like, you know. Right, right. Can you cook? This, this person's gone into labor. Can you go and get them? Like it was just easier for everyone all around. Well, and they were the they were really early to have like telephone to your yeah. point. Yeah. Like not everybody else. Almost everyone's calling from like a payphone in these early yeah. seasons. So. Okay, Cara Nicole. Okay, so which midwife would you choose to deliver your child if you had your child in this time with these midwives and why? Oh, Sister Julian, I'm not even, no question at all. If there was ever going to be someone who would guide me through the pain and audacity of a birth, it would be her. 1,000 percent. I would have Nurse Crane. Oh, I love Nurse Crane too. I love Nurse Crane too. I would have, oh, do you know, I love them all. My joke answer is I would have Sister Winifred to show her the magical of true birth. Um, (laughs) Of, you know, beautiful, beautiful birth from my loins because how lucky could she be to look at that? But my actual answer, who would it be? I just love them all. I w- this is my guess for you. You don't have to agree with this. Yeah. I would guess you would want um, Sister Evangelina. You know what? That is 100% who I would have. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I'd need Nurse Crane or Sister Evangelina because I'd need someone to be strict with me. Yeah, yeah, and just tell you to stop fanning around and get yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. I remember being literally like, I don't know how many hours in, and it was awful and the pain was horrendous. And I was like, I don't want to see section. <laughs> and the midwife was like, ain't happening. And I was just like, you're fired. I wasn't, I wasn't. But in my head, I was dead angry. Now this one, she's saying we're not going to ask, but I'm going to ask it and we can always edit it out. I'm joking. <laughs> Given the historical context, why does Jen say pregnant people when at least when at least back then it was pregnant women exclusively? Is it oh, just something? I think it's yeah. just because your use of language today. I, I don't think it's anything. Yeah, yeah. I for me, if for me, it's just it's just uh, having kind of a 20, 2023 brain. I think and just hearing. Do you More think that's because it's the profession that you work in? I I've, I've never noticed that Jen says pregnant people. I hadn't either, but apparently mm, I think happens. I think I've only maybe said it a couple of times. I, yeah. I don't think it's something I've said very often, but I will say, um, and I promise I will not go on a big tangent, but I think definitely in my profession, there's an effort to try and be as up to date and respectful of, you know, whatever the most um, appropriate terminology is for any group that I would be dealing with. And definitely in, in the 1960s, there wasn't any need to kind of have any other descriptor other than a woman but um you know nowadays it's a little bit different and just kind of wanting to remember that and just get in that habit myself of you know acknowledging the new new well that shows you how forward thinking we are bets because we didn't even notice yeah (laughs) we haven't picked up on that or we just didn't even listen yeah and in in many 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 cases a pregnant person is also a woman so you know it kind of covers both in that way I guess yeah Okay, right. Now, Hawar Akbar says, what does scum on the water mean? I think it's a oh. reference to tea, she says. Or he, I think it's a her, her. Now, I've looked this up because it's to do with tea scum. It's usually on tea. It's it a coating tea. on, yeah. It's a coating on top of your cup of tea. Some says it look, say it look looks oily, while others explain it as bubbly foamy. This can be confused oh. with a coating caused by a tea bag you're using or by the kettle water not being left in the kettle. But it isn't. It's to do with two inorganic ions in certain tap water. So in London, there can be something that's like uh, it's calcium and silicate. Both of these are considered to be good for you by many people. 
but caffeine oh. and polyphenols also have a role to play. So basically hard water has more calcium than soft water and it can cause um, scum to form. But milk with the calcium as well can make a scum form on top of it. But if you've got hard water, it can make that scum happen because I've noticed it when I've been to London for. Well, so I know you've made the cup of tea. So yeah. I've noticed this one because sometimes if I've run out of milk, I'll have a very weak tea. Um, this yeah. is riveting for our listeners. Um, <laughs> but I think if you don't have milk in tea, sometimes you can, after it's stood, you get, it's almost like a layer of tea that's left mm. on the top. And as as you drink your tea, it kind of coats the side of the cup. Yeah. But if it's only tea and no milk or sugar? If it, yeah, I have, I notice it when I have black tea. Or if you let, just if you let it stand for too long. Okay. Yeah. This is very interesting. And we just lost one of our... <laughs> I don't know. I never even heard of this. I never even knew tea scum was like a thing. Or I think if you over... Because I don't like um, tea that's I I do don't like a cup of tea that's been left to stew, so it's been left to stand with the tea bag in. Mm. I'm a bit funny about the tea bag being squeezed. Oh, okay. I prefer it non-squeezed. So does John Waite. I love him. Okay, so Julie Coat says, is the term sister still used for nurses? In one episode, Jenny was promoted to acting sister. Well, Julie, yes, it is. They are still sisters. A, 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 a more superior nurse is it called a sister still. Yeah, I don't okay. do have anything to add to that. No, I love it. Okay. I think that's probably as much time as we've got today. Mm-hmm. But what we'll do is we'll go into listener special number two. Yes. Yeah. So I'm amazed I mean, by how much we always have to talk about in these. I, I know. It. Well, I just love that everyone's actually contacting us. I just absolutely love it. Well, so I thank you. It's, it's- it's down to our listeners because they're the ones giving us all the prompts and that's that's the amazing part of it. It yeah. also always fascinates me because it's just stuff that you take for granted but you don't realise the differences. Anyway, yeah. So, so thank true. you so much for listening and tune in to Listener Special 2 next week. Yes, see you yeah. next week. Part two. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.